Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's going so amazing right now. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. 52 weeks, 52 episodes every single Wednesday. I have never made such a commitment in my life. I I am so stoned and amazed <laughs> at us and the fact that we've got yeah, 52, one year of weed and grub. Yeah, my eyes feel heavy, but my heart feels light. <laughs> <laughs> Know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I'm munching on a carrot cupcake to celebrate. I love that. We have a cupcake and uh, a Lowell Farms joint. So it's like we have been weed and grub through and through. Welcome to weed and grub, everybody. Welcome to weed and grub, everybody. This is a podcast about weed. And grub. And sex. And food. And pop culture. And um, cash me outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And trees. And trees, big ones, smokable ones, yep. little saplings. The Reddit uh, subthread. Of four trees? Mm-hmm. I bet there's vicious takes on that subreddit. Do you not go on fucking trees on Reddit? You go on there? Yeah, the marijuana forum on Reddit. Oh, I thought you meant like people fighting about oaks. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't believe you've never been on there. Reddit? Slash forward slash trees. No, it's, their, never. it's the weed forum on Reddit. It's so entertaining. I gotta go on. You have to. Okay. It's the only Reddit that I follow. Are, okay, so it's uh, Reddit, and then you type in forward slash r forward slash trees. And right now, oh, it's a 1.3 million ents are subscribed. I guess it's subscribers to the trees. Oh, you don't get that Lord of the Rings reference, do you? No. Holy uh, we sh- are. <laughs> We're very stoned. What are you talking about? What's the Lord of the Trees? The Wait, Lord of the what? Trees reference? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So, uh, Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Uh huh. You've never read Lord of the Rings? I tried to read The Hobbit and I got about 10 pages in and looked at the map and called it quits. And you've never seen the movies, right? Too long, wasn't interested. Dude, we are going to have to. Like, it's a must. I insist because they're so beautiful and well made and they're perfect to get like baked and get a big bowl of popcorn, like popped in bacon fat. Yeah, with, that sounds you know, good. Some like Himalayan salt on there. Ooh, how do you feel about a rosemary sprinkle? Oh, a little rosemary sprinkle for yeah. sure. Some oh, secret sh- spice. I got some secret spice from uh, Silverwater. You could use ghee on popcorn, right? Yeah. I don't want to pull, like it's too soon to talk about magical butter, but I'm staring at the boxes because they just sent us so much product. Holy shit. And so now you've got me thinking about a Lord of the Rings ghee butter popcorn Ooh. marathon. Magical butter infused fucking ghee popcorn, Lord of the Rings. Movie marathon. Movie marathon. I mean, that's going to be like a... That's like a solid 12 hours. What else am I doing? We might have to make it a weekend. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So ants in Lord of the Rings are one of my favorite parts of the whole series. They're these trees that are um, beings. They're you know sentient and they walk around and they like have a huge part in this massive battle that takes place. That's cool. And the characters themselves, the ants, are like these amazing, oh, they have like these weird voices. And like, oh, it's just so fucking cool. And um, so I guess the subscribers to the Reddit trees uh, subthread, are they call themselves ants. Trees. Trees. Which I love. And it says there are 3.5 thousand Ents in the forest right now as we're on here. So anyway, I don't know. Go check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's a good place to engage with all sorts of like conversations that are going on about marijuana. Some are really well informed. 
like the top one is U.S. presidential politics, um, talking about all the different candidates, which is actually our word on the tree segment. Yeah, that is incredible. Wow, look at how seamless that was. That was beautiful. Whoa, look uh-uh. at that transition. In the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> What's today's word on the tree segment? So today's word on the tree uh, is about uh, presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg. Did I say it right? Let's keep going. Well, I just looked up how to say it, and I believe it's Buttigieg, like boot edge edge. Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Great. Good. So <laughs> he's the South Bend, Indiana mayor who's super young. I can't remember how old he is, but he's mm-hmm. in his 30s. Yep. And he's running for the Democratic presidential nomination in 2020. And he um, recounted recently to the press how he got caught by cops smoking a joint when he was a student at Harvard and how... Nothing happened to him. He suffered zero consequences, the story says, um, except a grouchy... Oh. It's the CIA coming for us. <laughs> oh, no. We're going to hear the fucking team knocking. I heard the, the words Reddit, president, and weed oh, all no. at once. <laughs> swarm, swarm, swarm. Um, okay, they're gone. So... So basically, he was a student at Harvard. He was caught by the cops smoking weed, and nothing happened to him. And he was talking to the press about it recently and saying, like, I suffered zero consequences. That wouldn't have been the case if I, you know, were anyone else. Like, if I were not a, you know, like, privileged young white man at Mm -hmm. Harvard, it could have been a totally different story. And the quote says... um, He says, a lot of people probably had the exact same experience and wouldn't have been believed and would have been a lot worse than yelled at and wouldn't have slept in their own beds that night and maybe would have had their college career derailed because of smoking a joint. And so he said that it's one of the reasons he thinks that we need to legalize marijuana is because of his own experience of getting caught by the cops and how unfair that was to him that he didn't experience the same consequences as someone else might have. So it just made me love him all the more. Yes. So open, so honest, which is what I'm craving right now. I pulled up some of his policies. Can I just read them? Because I am a fan. And yeah. I like also like that he, you know, he was at such a prestigious school and he's fucking puffing down. You know, yeah. he's still, he's doing what he needs to do to do how he does it. Well, I think most people at Harvard probably smoke weed. Yes. And drop acid. Yes. <laughs> and do all the things. Yeah. Yeah. We're all people. We yeah. all are the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, he thinks climate change is a national security threat. He is all for universal background checks when it comes to guns. He wants to support single payer pay single payer health care. Mm. And he is uh he wants the uh, immigration. He supports a pathway to citizenship for undocumented immigrants. So he's very progressive. Very progressive. Very left leaning. Mm-hmm. Um, very young. Yes, which is good. Which is thrilling because I just actually read a piece about how the greatest divide actually politically in our country is not left or right. It's old versus young. And the aging population in the United States is growing and the young population is shrinking because the birth rates have declined. And so old people are going to be dictating what's happening in our country for a very long time. Like people who are just coming of age and getting the right to vote now will be outvoted just by their elders for quite some time unless... Just purely on population. Just pure, like America's getting old and old people are currently running the show. Like right now, I think the average age of a member of Congress is something like 58 and it used to be in their 40s. Like everyone's getting older wow. and those are the people in power. So it's really exciting to see young folks like Poot, Pete Poot, <laughs> like Pete Buttigieg and um, AOC, yes. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and um, like some of the new congresswomen are quite young. And it's really exciting to see them entering the race because we need those young minds and, and young bodies, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, and they're entering the race with like a bag full of mics and they're just 
dropping them every single day. Yeah. And then they go back and they bring a new bag full of mics into the room and just drop those. Yeah. I'm very excited about Pete Buttigieg um, and excited to learn more about him and all of his policies. And uh, that is our word on the tree. Very nice. What else we got today? Uh, we have a guest today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We just like sparked up, ate a cupcake, and then started talking. It didn't record. <laughs> we forgot what is happening. Okay, so we have a wonderful guest today, though. We have Ophelia Chong. Yeah, she it, she's uh, OC the OG. Yeah, Ophelia is a community activist. She's a graphic designer. She's an amazing photographer. She founded Stockpot Images, which is a stock photography agency for weed uh, for cannabis images. Yep. And she also founded Asian Americans for Cannabis Education, which is. When we start talking about it in the, that in the interview, uh-huh. so educational. I knew nothing about it. And I also, yo, straight up, it just never occurred to me the underrepresentation of Asians in the cannabis game. Yeah. And then when she started digging into that, my whole brain went, yep, 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 yep. Checklist yeah. all the way down. She shifts your thinking. I mean, her whole deal is about, you know, changing the way people think and see you know, all sorts of things like, you know, stoner stereotypes and, you know, Asians and cannabis and her starter packs. Yeah. Her starter packs are, man, just go check those out. Like they are on Facebook. So funny. Her whole like, oh, you want to be in the biz? You want to be a canna mom? Well, you know, here, are the, here's the checklist that you need to do that. It's very funny. It's very like tongue in cheek and witty. And she's such a fun hang. Yeah. This was a really, 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 really great hang. And we, oh, we do also check out the IG because we have some really fun pictures that I've been sitting on of uh-huh. the kind of museum-like items that she has in her home. Yeah, she's like an And I like took some archivist. great pictures of them. Yeah, she's an archivist. Yeah, Perfect. she's got like jars of dentures and like b- boxes of cigarette cases and all yeah. sorts of like cool and old stuff. That faceplate that somebody, that Hollywood starlet wore. Oh yeah, because she had to have part of her face removed because of cancer and then they had made this mask to cover that part of her face because this was in the 40s or something. And Yeah, Phantom of the Opera was a medical procedure. So crazy. Yeah, it was a really great, it was kind of a magical hang because her, her, um, her space, her like whole garden and home are so... And her uh, grow. Yeah. It was just like a really fun afternoon, like a fun, lazy, sunny Sunday or whatever the fuck day it was afternoon. It was. I had a wonderful time. I had a wonderful time too. You want to do Buds of the Week before yeah. we... Oh, we have plugs and we have Buds. Oh my but God. We have Bud plugs. We... Oh, no. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm but so yes, also yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, okay. So before we get to Ophelia, we have to plug... What are we plugging? Our tour. Oh, right. Golly. Uh-huh. So Weed and Grub is live, which is so exciting. We are going on tour starting on March, what, 30-something? Um, our first show is on March 31st. And then we're going all over the West Coast, and then New York, and then possibly Vegas, leading all the way through 420 into April. And the other thing that we need to plug is the Spotlight series we're doing. Yeah. Mary Jane and I are doing a Spotlight series on companies run by people who are making the world a better place. And it's simple as that. They're going to be, what, 20, 30 minutes yeah. each? Yeah, little kind of business-focused um, mini-episodes where we sit down with one person or a couple people from one company and really focus on, like, what they're doing and how they're getting, uh, you know, their word out about what their product is or what their brand is. And also, I need to learn about business because I don't understand it. What is a dollar? I don't know, Me truly. Neither. And I how really, do you make it into four? I just have no idea. Sometimes I think that I'm wheeling and dealing in my head. You know, do you ever walk by a group of people and you picture how you'd kick all of their asses like you're in some Tom Cruise movie? Um, Occasionally, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, you know, know that kind of like, oh, if he came from behind, I'd be like, fuck, fuck, 
and flip him over and block here and stab there. Whoa. Like, do you ever picture that when you walk by a group? I guess not, no. No? Okay. <laughs> but you I, do. Yeah, I definitely do. And that's sometimes how I picture I'm doing like business dealings too, is like I'm Tom Cruise in a Jack Reacher film. But then I wake up and I look at my bank account and I look at my understanding and I'm like, ooh, your imagination, wild. <laughs> Me too. I like to pretend that I'm really rich and I'm totally not. No. And that's why I'm not is because I pretend I am when I'm not. And so I spend money I don't have when I shouldn't. But you also live life pretty full. I do. I live in all of the pockets and crevices and I have a great time. And, you know, I love doing fun things. But I also really like learning from people who actually know what's up with, you know, business and and how to make things grow into more big, better things like we're trying to do with what we are doing. We are. Yeah. I mean, you know. We're doing with our stuff. Honestly, we're going to business classes right now for everyone listening. I should just put it out there. We're going to small business classes to become an actual business in California. And just the very idea of doing that step for anything to me is so brand new and so exciting. So that's the other reason I think our Spotlight series is so great is because we're talking to people who don't need those classes. They're the ones teaching them. Yeah. It's been really fun to like sit in a classroom, you know, fill out workbooks, listen to a teacher yes. with the knowledge that it's like to start our own real company and that, you know, and with that company make bigger and bigger and bigger things. And I don't know, I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited that it started with this podcast a year ago. Well, agreed, a hundred percent agreed. What you made me think of is that's like the perfect tie into buds of the week because if without our buds listening in right now, uh, we ain't shit. Who yeah. are our buds of the week? Okay, well, do you want to go uh, number one or number one or oh, number two? Do I want to? <laughs> Dirty. <laughs> um, I, I mean. Either... Oh, you were thinking I was talking about tinkles and. Poops. <laughs> <laughs> I've been walking dogs <laughs> for our friend Ben this week. I've been like picking up some dog walks and you have to like text the dog owner after so that they know that you walked their dog and you send them a picture of their dog. Mm-hmm. And um, I walked this one dog and she had diarrhea it was Aww. really, it was unfortunate. Yeah. Roberta, the friend, she was having a bad day. And then, um, so I went back the next week and she was like having some solid poops. And like, I just looked at the whole text thread of my, like texting these people about their dog's diarrhea and then about like the consistency of her solid poops. And I was like, it's a really weird conversation Wait, text have thread you, to have. Have you met them before? No, I have not <laughs> met them. I have this huge text thread with these very nice people who I've never met all about the consistency of their dog's stool <laughs> and it's very strange <laughs> like today it's a little bit runny Roberta seems to be having a hard time and you know and then the next day I was like solid like I did uh, two poop emojis and a thumbs up <laughs> so that's my number two situation this week um, sorry tangent okay who's your butt of the week butt of the week <laughs> Emily so Emily from Sacramento wrote us a letter. She wrote to weedandgrub at gmail.com. If anyone ever wants to email us, we love getting letters. And um, she wrote and said, let me tell you just how much your podcast has helped me. And then she told us kind of like all about herself and her life. And she said that like the first time she smoked, she um, kind of judged herself for it. And now she has shifted her mentality on um, cannabis use and it, it's helping her in her life. And she wrote that she binge listened to every episode of her podcast when she found it. And I just want to read the the last thing that she says here in this letter. She says, um, I know you guys don't know me, but I just can't thank you enough for helping me get through that fucked up mentality I had that was holding me back from feeling okay. If you're all ever in the area, hit me up. I'll treat you to joints and dinner. <laughs> and we are going to be in Sacramento on we are April 18th for a yeah. show. So um, I'm looking forward to meeting you, Emily. And thank you so much for writing. It just means the world, I don't know, to, to have started this podcast 
you know, and hang out with you, Mike, every week and like smoke and eat and hang and talk to cool people and kind of like, I don't know, break down the world and help break down the world. You know, it helps me understand myself and the world better. And um, to hear from people who say that they enjoy listening to us do that and, and are interacting with us, it literally like lifts my heart up into my mouth a little bit and chokes me up a little. So thanks. And um, that's a really beautiful butt of the week. Yeah. Wow. Mary Jane and Emily. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Emily. My butt of the week, the man had an amazing time running around Vegas the first time we met. Then we had another amazing time running around Vegas. Then we had an amazing time when he took us on a tour of his huge, beautiful facility in Vegas. Joey Posney at It's a Joey. Hi, Joey. Joey Posney. If you go on his Instagram, it's filled with big, beautiful buds, big, smiling faces, and a guy who just loves the goddamn leaf, and I love him. Fuck yes. Yeah. He So Remedy is uh, part of the company he works with. Also, we know Randy, a couple other people at Remedy. Mm -hmm. They have a huge zillion page spread in high times this month they're the cover feature i think right the, yes thank you oh so the spread is the front and the front is is the spread this <laughs> their cover and spread inside <laughs> oh the whole sandwich oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and for me joey is the kind of person who every time i see him i get happy and then we smoke a joint together and i'm a little bit happier and then we'll have a really good time when we're tweeting and dming and commenting on each other's it's just a friend no matter if he's in vegas or if he's here yeah yeah uh that's my butt of the week Nice. Emily and Joey uh, for our one year anniversary of Weed and Grub. Yeah. And it feels so cool to have talked to Ophelia for this um, one year anniversary episode because she's an OG. You know, she's in the game. She's been in it for a long time. She uses cannabis. She is an advocate for cannabis and she grows her own. And uh, we got to hold some of her babies. Yeah. And um, it was just a really cool conversation. So. I guess is that... That's it. I mean, let's get into it. All right. Hey, Mary Jean. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Mike. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's going amazing. Uh, Welcome, Ophelia Chong. How are you? Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Wearing clothes. (laughs) Normally, I'm not, because since people are here, I'm wearing clothes. Thank you. Yeah. But we're not, so that's weird. I know. I I love the juxtaposition here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I was like, I guess I won't wear this robe. I'll just lose it all. I'm in between a pink sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. We are sitting here with weed and grub, uh, medicated honey, a platter of delicious snacks and treats. Tea? Chamomile tea? Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Oh, and local dogs. I'm sorry. What are your local dogs' names? Oh, Frank and Beans. It kind of goes with a the theme. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, well, this is the first time you and I have met. Yes, it is. But I feel like we've kind of known each other in a past life. I, I, I like have that. a thing for men with beards and their names start with M. Yeah. So, yes. Probably. Oh, so uh, I think that's also really cool that we both believe in past lives. I know. Uh, we were probably, I was either working for you or you were working for me in Paris. So in the court of Louis the Fourteenth. So we probably did some stuff like poison people, I'm sure. Oh, were we poison pals? Yes, we were. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done, uh, uh, like, I, I've, I've never done it to try and find out who I was in past lives. A lot of that stuff makes me uncomfortable to go sign up for and do. But have you had psychic readings and seen who you were and you believe Yes, it? I have, actually. Because 
I keep going. Every time I go to Paris, I never get lost there. I always get lost in every other city, but in Paris, I never get lost. And then there's this one church I go to all the time, and I sit there, and I know, I know they're there, <laughs> that I've been there. And so I asked someone who is someone of past, and I, they said, yes, you were a male in a French court in probably the 1800s. I was just in Paris for the first time last year, this, this time last year. And it was an incredible city, but I didn't feel like I belonged the way that oh. you felt like you belonged. Maybe you should go to China. That's maybe that's where we met. Maybe so. Yeah, southern China. You could have had like cute, tiny little bound feet, and I was like your man, I guess, or the opposite too. It could have been flipped over too. I got cute feet. I think people would want to bind them up. Oh yeah, <laughs> and sniff them. They sniffed them because they like the smell. Really? Too. Yes. It's the, the sp- pungent. But that's like. Like, my friend had a broken arm, mm-hmm. and when we unzipped the cast at the doctor, like, that's got to be the smell. But you've, mm. you've had Chinese food, right? We have a lot of fermented stuff, fermented soy, salted fish, thousand-year-old duck eggs. Everything has a, a stink to it. Want to sniff my feet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's get back on track. You founded the mm-hmm. Stockpot Images mm-hmm. photo agency for stock weed images, right? Yes, and also now I carry, uh, I've been carrying hemp for a while, but also I started uh, mushrooms, psilocybin. So uh, that is now also because I see the potential in, in, because now we're doing research. Also, Oregon and Colorado might be coming online. So the demand for high quality images of mushrooms will be in demand. So I'm trying to predict where the market's going to go. And then next um, is I'm trying to also do ketamine, but it's harder because that's just a powder. So really, that's not much, but maybe people with it. So that's where I see the next step is coming up too. Wow. Stock imagery of all of these substances. And you're the only one. I, you must yes. be the only one doing it. Mm-hmm. So far, yes. Uh, of course, the other competitors, Getty's, um, Shutterstock, uh, do have cannabis photos. But they're, the breath is larger at Stockpot because that's my niche. Uh, of course, because Shutterstock probably has 9 million plus images so they have everything whereas i just have one thing well three now what was the well genesis i've been sober for 14 years and so my sister came here from china because you can't use it in, uh in china so she has scoloderma which is an autoimmune disease where her whole body is shrinking so she's about 80 pounds her hands are her claws her hair is gone almost gone and so she came here to try cannabis and we went to a store, of course, two Chinese women go, I don't know, we got to get a look at a card. Okay, we get a card. So I go in and we get the stuff and I sort of like, I don't know, because this is probably one of the legal shops where everyone had guns. And so I said, um, I need this for my sister. I said, no, stop right there. It's for you, right? I said, oh yeah, that's right. It's for me. I can't sleep. And so they gave me some cookies. I gave it to my sister. First night, perfectly fine. Second night, of course, she did the edible thing that most people do. Mm. Ah, the the Maureen Dowd. She did a Dowd. <laughs> yes, and so she's wandering around a lot. But as she was doing this, I looked at her and I thought, oh my gosh, she's a stoner. And then I realized I just stereotyped my sister. And also she's a person of color and she's female and she's my sister. And then I went uh, to my computer, computer and looked at Getty and put in the words that I use about my sister and wanted to see how other people saw her mainstream and the images that came up of african-american men it's still on there the keywords are addict illegal convict um arrest addiction still 
Right. And I started crying because I thought this is how they see my sister. And that's when Stockpot was created. Five months later, I launched on 420, 2015. Do you feel like Stockpot has helped? Or I feel like one, one of your missions that I learned about before we got to meet was changing those keywords into other keywords. Yes, it has helped a lot. Um, and also what I feel the biggest impact in our industry is learning about intellectual property. Let's get into it. Yeah. Holy fuck yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, we know all that um, because Mary Jane, you've been in this a lot longer and you know how people advertise and they never were going to get caught by taking other people's images because they're underground and really how it's very hard to go after these people. And I've tried because they have no trail. And but recently, every time it happens, I try and educate them each way, what copyright means, what creative means. Um, and I meet a lot of resistance still, but it's slowly happening where people are understanding intellectual property and what that means. Have you encountered the company that says to you, well, it's exposure and it's good for you and you know, that kind of thing. We'll, we'll give you credit, but we're not actually going to give you money. Oh, I have that tattooed on my ass and it still doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) You get paid in exposure. Oh yeah. Because (laughs) both of you are creative and, uh, probably has been said to you quite a lot. And where does it go? Right. right. I pay my, my rent is uh, 1,600 exposures. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You right. know? I show my uh, IMDb star meter to my landlord, and I'm good every single month. Exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 and because I used to teach, too, at Art Center for six years, and my students would always get approached by that, too. Do this campaign. You'll get this. And I fell for it a couple of times where I encouraged it, but then, as I learned, it just does not work. It, if you're making money by selling a product, then you should pay for the person who's helping you sell your product. And mm-hmm. you're not in the business of like making viral content or memes or that kind of stuff. You are, you are creating. Only for fun. Right, exactly. Well, I want to talk about the starter packs that you've made because those are amazing. But oh, thank you. Before we get to that, I just like, it is uh, like, I, I mean, I, I don't even know if I'd really thought about what a stock photo agency was until I really started looking at what you're doing. And it's just that you are, have a repository of photos that people can pay you to use. That's what it is, right? right? And also, I have no assets. That's how the business model works is because I am the middleman. I license other people's work. Just like if you gave me a car and said, I'm not using it. Can you rent it? And I would rent it for the day, the week, and I give you a commission. Mm -hmm. And also Stockpot, too, pays the highest commission of 50%. Um, I love it. I'm sorry, but uh, her cat is on me right now, and I couldn't be happier. I know. It's great. We can. I, I was going to say something really nasty, but I will not. Oh, that there's pussy on my lap. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh God, you did it. Covered, <laughs> covered in pussy. Covered in it. Always covered in pussy. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is a perfect place for an ad. This mm-hmm. is where it'll go. <laughs> mm. Mary Jane, mm. what are you eating? Oh, hi, Mike. Hey. Sorry, I seem to have caught you while you were snacking. Mm. Oh, I'm just licking this um, icing off my fingers. I made cupcakes. Mm-mm. Wait a minute. Do you use the magical butter machine to make cupcakes? You know I did. Buttercream frosting. Oh my gosh, infused buttercream frosting? Yep. That's the beauty of the magical butter machine. You can make anything with it, whether it's butter, oil, tinctures, gummies, chocolates. It's literally a one-stop shop and one-button push to make anything you can imagine. It's perfect for the home chef to make edibles of all kinds. You will be very popular with your friends and it comes with everything you need. It comes with a purify filter bag to strain your infusion and a silicone love glove. To Which help is you. what you were just sucking on. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to get your very own magical butter machine, go to magicalbutter.com and enter the promo code weedandgrub at checkout for $30 off. 
Yeah, for 30 bucks off. It's yeah. beautiful. Hey, can I get one of those cupcakes? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you. you. Give me $30, though. Mm, all right. <laughs> no, I'll share it with you. Yeah? It's for free. You're my friend. Thanks. You're welcome. Mmm. <laughs> Um, I'm, well, pussy aside, I, 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 um, are you a lawyer? No. So you're self-educated for all of this? Yes. But you're I, a filmmaker. Um, I had, a, I had six careers, probably more than six, and each one built on top of the other one. I graduated from Art Center uh, with a fine art degree with a minor in photography, and my first job coming out of school was working for a ray gun with David Carson. So I shot with him for three years, and it was a seminal design and music magazine in the mid 90s and from there I was taken into music labels to shoot their bands so back then there was Mercury, A&I, Virgin, Sony, Hollywood Records so I would travel and shoot all their bands from there a film company found me and I became their creative director it's an independent film company called Stram and so I released about 50 films then also I was creative director of Slam Dance for 10 years um, Outfest, LAIFF um, and I so basically I majored from photography to film marketing and then from marketing film to publishing monographs of photography books for another five years won a lot of awards and then I just went freelance so I've designed probably about 10 or 12 magazines and I also was the art director of CalArts where I designed their, their master's programs their books wow yeah and then I found stock photography for cannabis and here I am Amazing. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, I became sober all through that, too. So there's a lot of stuff that happened. Uh, my big question is, why are you, why were you able to execute each of them at such a high level when they're also possibly different? Um, it's about images and about visual images. Because I can say something to you, uh, sailor kissing a nurse. Right? And automatically you come up in that mind, the victory kiss, and all the emotions that go with it. Um, I can say... 70-year-old uh, Vietnamese girl running from a napalm attack, right? And automatically you know the story and the feeling and why that happened. Syrian baby on the beach, right? Again, refugees, the Twin Towers. So the power of visual images is the reason why they're powerful because there's no language. It is just emotion and you see the story and you don't even need to have it written out for you because mm -hmm. we, it's cross nationality cross minorities cross everything it is pure emotion and thought and iconic imagery so that's why and all through my career was that music film uh, design it was all about the power of seeing something and creating an emotion or an idea to spur you to do something and call to action hmm. that's brilliant so Thank you're you I like how in touch with your own emotions you have to be to be able to execute that for a more universal audience. The reason at Stockpot, why I'm, um, how I mentor my photographers is that we do not use any images that objectify women. Because when I began this, which is not that long ago, even then in 2015, we had a lot of the women that were being objectified. So... I needed to change people's perception of what cannabis was because I changed my perception of what my sister is. And I needed to do it for other people. Uh, it wasn't because I wanted to legalize or push or go out of prohibition. I wanted to make sure that how I felt, no one ever should feel that again. 
Um, so all our images of people are of minorities, LGBTQ, are all empowered, and all the people are not models but real users. So the emotion comes through where they're enjoying it and they're not pretending. So that's how I curate the images for that because it's all about icons and imagery and how people feel. Make how I want to make sure people feel the right way. And that's where the um, power behind your OC starter packs mm. uh, mm-hmm. comes from because you are absolutely like taking down the uh, people who are just pretending to be on brand or be influencers in that world with the like memes that you've created. Right. I have um, some of my favorite ones. Oh, the We Bingo was a good one. I don't know uh, if I saw We Bingo. Which uh, was that one? We, we Bingo was basically a, b- a bingo card. Um, and it it's it was one of the boxes is God hates you. No, you have mites because God hates you uh-huh. is one of the boxes. And then it goes through a whole series of what it's like to be in the industry. The one I did today was Bud Tender Starter Kit. Yeah, I saw that. So I had great. four four women and four men. I noticed my hairstyle and beard in there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you nailed me to it too. Oh I was like, God. look at, I made are a you, meme. I'm in the Jim meme. Are you number two? The guy <laughs> who hates wearing the shirt? <laughs> I love, there There was a, the uh, like can of mom starter kit. Oh gosh, yeah. I had to walk very carefully on that one because a lot of my friends are in cannabis and moms, but there is a certain segment that I find there are avaricious in the fact that they use their children to further their financial goals rather than medical. Right. Um, but I had to tread very carefully because if I did that, I might have hurt a lot of people's feelings by being that blunt. Well, I think if your feelings are hurt by any of those things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if your feelings are hurt by a cannabis starter kit that you've made to poke fun at, you know, a, a trope, a mm-hmm. cliche in the industry right now, then you deserve to have your feelings hurt because you're part of the problem. Yeah. Right? I'm, yes. Another one I did was... Um, Oh, vape pens, flavors of the future. Yeah. Uh, one of the, of course, one of my favorite is uh, hot dog water. <laughs> <laughs> Another one was, of course, Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. And uh, candy corn, uh, Cheetos, Sriracha. Uh, another starter kit I did was, um, oh, edibles. Because mm-hmm. that was really based on my experience. And uh, so there's one part in there. I had a photo of Elvis, and it says, I do not want to die like Elvis. And what happened was I ate too much of a Corova. This is way, like 2016, uh-huh. when they just sprayed it, and there were crevices, so a lot more hung in a crevice. And being Asian and overly analytical, I said, okay, this is a 1,000 milligram bar. If I measure this out and cut it all out, it will be 10 milligrams for each piece. Mm-hmm. Of course, you and I, all three, no, it doesn't work. So I overate... And at 3 o'clock in the morning, I was on the toilet with no pants on, um, barfing from into the sink, and then having extreme diarrhea. I passed out, fell forward, hit my head against the cabinet, rolled over, and I thought, I'm not dying like Elvis. <laughs> so I cleaned up myself, crawled back to bed, and said, never again am I going to do it. Next day, of course, I threw it. Well... I didn't throw out the car Corova. I kind of destroyed it. So just in case the animals didn't get into it. Yeah. That's smart. Because you have a lot of rats that would be totally high in that yeah. landfill, which might have been okay for a rat. But yeah. Oh, they're laying on their back, relaxing. I know. Sliding stars. down the trash like it's a slip and slide. It'll be nice for <laughs> With them. With a Cheeto in each hand. <laughs> <laughs> if 
they were in New York, it'd be a whole slice of pizza. Yeah. Oh yeah, pizza rack. Yeah. Um, so when you talk about being sober, can I ask you a little bit? Sure, about of course. It? When you talk about being sober for 14 years, you're referring to alcohol. Okay. And so if if I was in AA, I would have been kicked out by now because I uh, it's there's no substances allowed. So since I ingest cannabis through edibles and flour, I uh, I am not truly sober. But how I flip the switch on that one was I realized it's medicine. So I'm not, I'm medicating, but also I don't ingest until about nine o'clock at night just to go to sleep. So it's never during the day. And it is a sleep aid. Mm-hmm. Well, did you struggle with the idea of trying it and then possibly breaking your sobriety? Or was it something that was natural and didn't even occur to you? I think having that edible really put me in my place yeah. by saying you cannot overindulge because that's with alcohol you can just keep going until you pass out but with edibles which i started with if you overindulge you ended up like elvis so i was able to learn my lesson and really keep a a certain amount that i would ingest every day i love this because i don't know how our user our users listeners think about people who use cannabis but it's not get fucking faded when you wake up until you go to bed and i know that that's the propaganda that has been around for a lifetime so to just hear that you're like yeah i use it at night and that's when i use it and that's okay is kind of cool to hear because i think it opens doors for anybody to try it at any time for anything and not feel like they're a stoner well there's still i think so much work to be done to get people to truly believe in medical cannabis even though it's becoming more and more widely accepted. I think people to truly change their minds, it's the ship is still turning around. I think it's happening faster with psilocybin than it is with cannabis because it doesn't have the history of cannabis. Yeah, there are a lot of so many psychedelic assisted therapies that are, you know, becoming pretty yeah, mainstream now. Ketamine, I know they just released a nasal inhaler for a ketamine like drug to treat depression. Uh, people are, you know, I think really interested in microdosing with LSD and mushrooms. And We have so many friends who microdose. Yeah. I have so many friends who use ketamine for their depression. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just got uh, in some MDMA. Mm-hmm. So, um, because I have a bucket list. So, I've already done the acid. The acid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mushrooms, of course, cannabis. And now the next one is MDMA. Because I feel that if I'm going to be in this community... I need to at least experiment with a little bit and just have some sort of reference to it, mm-hmm. but also safely and microdosing it. Wow. And that would be your first experience with MDMA? Yeah, because yeah, I don't want to end up like the Coney guy. I don't remember if you remember him running around naked in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Do not want But then again, he was probably on a whole bunch of other things too. But mm-hmm. Don't um, become a part of your own starter kit. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> or, or something on Reddit. It's like, yeah. what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She was on an overpass naked. There we go. Ah, <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, I love MDMA. Really? Oh, love it. It's my favorite of all of the things that I can do. It is my, of all the things that I have done so far, it is my absolute favorite. What else is on your bucket list? Oh, okay. Um, bucket list. Um, I knocked off uh, staying on a tiny little boat with about 20 square feet um, in Westlake in Seattle. Wow. Um, staying in an airstream that was golf gone to my next bucket list. Wait, you, what? What did you, you airstream? I stayed in an airstream. Oh, you stayed in yeah. one. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, 
what is an Airstream? I'm sorry. Oh, like a trailer. It's a really f- sort of 50s. It looks like a bullet. They're those beautiful, big, shiny, silver mm-hmm. trailers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you stayed in one of those? Mm-hmm. Oh, f- yeah. Fuck, that's cool. Yeah. That's super cool. I've already had sex everywhere I wanted, so there's nothing on that bucket list. Okay. I had it on my dean's porch swing <gasps> in college on a Sunday afternoon while he was at church. I had it on a stage of a movie theater. Oh, <laughs> you win. <laughs> What do you, so you seem to be a total, uh, I mean, you ha- you've provided like us with this beautiful spread and you've shown us so many wonderful things. I want to know about your food life. My food habits? Your food habits and life. Um, I worked at McDonald's. Uh, my first legal jobs was working at McDonald's when I was in high school. Wow. So I was sling burgers. I cleaned the bathrooms. I did all that. And I never ate a hamburger for about 10 years after that. Mm-hmm. So, And then my parents also had a Chinese restaurant. And so I worked in a Chinese restaurant. I made dim sum. So all that's fine. I don't eat a lot of it now. But food. Mom, mom the cook or dad the cook at the restaurant? Uh, we, we had chefs. You did have yeah. chefs. So they were the owners. Yeah. It was called Chinese Village. And Elton John always came to our restaurant when he was in town. Whoa. That's what's up. I know. God, I just got visions of him like loudly slurping noodles and even louder sunglasses and got very <laughs> excited. It was I wish I was bold enough to go in because we had a private room. He was always there just to ask for an autograph because this is during a period, his the height of his fame, and he was always drugged out. But I was too shy and too young then to do it, but I wish I had. I mean, if I had Instagram back there, dude, I would have like thousands of likes. Oh, <laughs> and that's what it's all about. Yes, it is. It's being liked, and that's my validation every day. Like, oh, they like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then with your parents' restaurant, uh, I'm sorry, where was it? Oh, in, in Toronto. It's called Chinese Village. In Toronto. Toronto. That's where I grew up. I had no idea. A Canadian. I, you're both Canadian? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're both staring. This is a banana's time. You, cool. You're in between a pea meal bacon sandwich right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of obsessed with restaurant families right now because I'm reading... Um, the Bastianich book about Joe Bastianich, who's part of like Mario, like Lydia Bastian. Anyway, so when it comes to restaurant families, the thing that seems to be popping up in all the books I'm reading is the kid came home from school, did their homework, and then immediately was put to work for the rest of the night and then went to bed and then woke up and went to school the next day. Was that your experience also? Yeah, I can strip a chicken of all its flesh in about five minutes, right? And that's because that went into chow mein or rolls and things like that. So if you give me a whole cooked chicken, I could have that that baby stripped. Because I knew where all the meat was. This is like really weird. I know all the little secret spaces where that chicken has more flesh. It's kind of gross, but I can do it really quickly. Wow. It's kind of yeah. sexy. Yeah. Mm, I think it is. Especially sitting down on a little stool with my hands all greasy and and this a little bit of chicken fat maybe on my chin just drooling off and a whole bunch of dead chickens <laughs> <laughs> and i look up at you you're coming down the stairs in the basement of a restaurant and mm-hmm. i'm thinking i look really hot huh no <laughs> and i'm like looking at the chicken fat looking at the grease looking at you i'm just like uh-huh yeah. <laughs> wow take me on this pile of chicken <laughs> Couldn't you find a burlap sack somewhere, guys? Come on. Oh, the way down? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, bags of rice. Yeah. You can do it on the bags of rice. Yeah. <laughs> and then we won't talk about it next day. No. 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 So awkward. It, <laughs> was And so why? why I, I, I don't. Also, I'm sorry. Where did your family immig- immigrate from? Oh, my parents. Uh, my mother's from Shanghai and my dad's from Guangzhou. So southern China. Southern China. Yeah. So we ate 
it was interesting food at home when I was growing up in Canada everyone was like, oh we want to come to your house to eat because we love Chinese food and I said are you sure are you sure you want Chinese food mm-hmm. and so I bring these friends over and my dad was would have steamed pork with salted fish of course um, beef stir fried with broccoli and things like that and they all look at me go, uh where's the sweet and sour and I said nope 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 and I said where's the chop suey he said nope and but then they learned to love it because we taught them what real southern Chinese food was and they kind of got off they still will eat the sweet and sour but um it was interesting to see the culture shift because I would go to their houses and I go oh grilled cheese yeah <laughs> <laughs> how did you end up uh, in the states when I came it- to school here so I went to art center um also yeah a good story too I've one of those weird things about how I figured out what your brother was name. I walked into a room and this playwright from New York walked into the room and I looked down and I said, God damn, I'm going to be married to him in nine months. And we were married in nine months. Whoa. Um, so he gave me a choice because he was American. He said, do you want to live in New York or do you want to live in LA? And I said, ah, oh, sunshine, sunshine. After all those years, because I'm married very young, after all those years of snowing, snow and skating and skiing, I'm, I want to go to the beach. So we came to the beach and um, I got into college. So went to art center then he ran off with the understudy and we got divorced and here i am what wow. a cliche piece of fucking shit all about eve it's all about eve wow yeah that's a great movie it is yeah exactly we were actually watching it while we were our marriage was in turmoil and i looked at him and go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm cliche much huh <laughs> so oof <laughs> but then you stayed Yes, I stayed and because I love it here and also get my citizenship in 2000. Thank God, because if I tried to get it now with my green card, all they would have to do is Google and figure out what I did and I would get denied. Wow. Well, in, in the climate that we're in now. Yeah. Most likely. That's the reality. Yeah. Even if, if you're working as a legal cannabis industry person, they would mm-hmm. still use that association to sort of tarnish you somehow and kick right. you out. Right. Yeah. Kick you out back to Toronto? Yep. Oh, this is just that place to go back to. Mm. The cold. I mean, I go back to visit, but I love California. Yeah. The legal weed in California situation is pretty good. Yes. And I grow my own, too. My first year in the, I grew 23 plants. Whoa. Yeah. Because I met a woman and she took out a mason jar. She said, Oh, Philly, if you're going to be in this business, you better grow. So she just opened up the jar, told me to put my hands out, and she just poured seeds in it. And she said, Go learn. Didn't tell me anything. So I, the first year, I got. 23 plants wow going yeah um and i had to trim each one of those it was hard so now i just average around six plants Mm -hmm. um each each year because that's my legal limit i have six plants and that's your head stash that's just what you do you find like do you still shop for well you also i mean people give you gifts and things to try and and i still give away a lot Mm too to my neighbors um i just unloaded some to another labor uh, neighbor and now with what I'm growing now, I'll just have a lot. I don't, I just love giving it away. I, um, I really, in walking into your home and seeing all of your collections and trying to understand a little bit more about Stockpot and everything else, like I'm trying to figure out where this cool ability to collect comes from because whether you're collecting images online or whether you're collecting like cigarette boxes from an estate sale in Hollywood, there's something very cool about like preserving. I I don't know exactly what I'm saying, but I, I like I can see these connective dots through everything you're talking about. It's about honoring the past, and also archiving. Uh, Stockpot is an archive, and for me, all these little bits and pieces that people have given up 
or wanted to sell or don't hold any attachment to, I want to preserve the memory of the people who bought them. So all these little bits have memories attached to it in some form, and that is what I want to preserve. But also I curate because I buy stuff I like, but each piece to me has a memory or a feeling or a soul to each piece. And if I don't buy it, it goes into the trash. So I'm trying to honor the people who had it before. The past lives. Mm -hmm. Right, because each piece has a story Mm -hmm. and where it came from. And I feel that I have to preserve that memory somehow. But in a very nice curated way where I'm not picking up every piece that I see, but what attract because there's a reason why I'm attracted to it. Mm. And I feel like there's some sort of past that is calling out to me that you should buy me because I want to be with you. Coming into your house is like reading a good book. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I, I think one of the things, let me start it this way. I think one of the most exciting things about this podcast when Mary Jane and I started it was having an outlet to be vocal in a way that reaches a lot of people very quickly. But you have been in this weed game for so long without all of those outlets, right? So it's just something you've been believing in your whole life. And now you have a lot to say and you have the way to say it. Yes. Um <laughs> What I see, what I'm disappointed at a lot is within our, some of our own community. It's not quite hypocritical, but is using platforms for their own benefit. And social equity is one of them. Right. I might get burned for that one, but I believe that social equity, we put it forward, but we have no support. There's LA City has no money to help people get licenses. But we we say it, but we don't do anything to further it. And that is an issue. If you really want to bring social equity equity in and help the people who are affected, then you have to put your money up there to help them. There's no support. You can do as many press releases saying we're helping them, we're helping this and that. But then again, really there isn't. But also the other one I'm kind of a little pissed off on, this might be a little harder too, is that Asians are not included in social equity. Because we are seen as a model citizen, right? We stay within the law. We seem to have money or we're this, we have advantages. But there are a lot of Asians out there too have, that have been affected. Um, but a lot of people don't know that a lot of the farms are run by Asians or owned by Asians. And also, I didn't know that. Yes. And also, where do you think all the vape pens come from? Mainland China, well, maybe not soon in the future is the biggest supply of ancillary products Asians so that's why I started Asian Americans for Cannabis Education is because I need to educate my own people you have to recognize this what where we're going towards and either educate yourself and move forward I have found that um, I am singular because I will walk into a room and it's all marshmallows I'm looking for another raisin and occasionally I'll find another reason to talk to you and go, oh, you're here, what do you do? And why are you here? So we become connected. And now with Asian Americans for Cannabis Education, I'm connected to all these Asians across the states who all have businesses. They are either ancillary or they actually touch the plant. So you're breaking down stereotypes in all sorts of ways. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> through memes, through advocacy, <laughs> through action. Like, through art. Uh, through art. Art, activism, action, advocacy. Yeah. Growing weed. Yeah. Mushrooms. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the mushrooms. Ooh, mushroom soup. Yeah. Ugh. Medical mushrooms. Summer. 
I'm so on board. The summer. I'm so on board. Yeah. After this one run, we'll sterilize and do mushrooms. All right. You can come over and help me put it in the poo. I will. I'll come over wearing rubber boots and gloves and... Get ready to get down in the dirt. Hell yes. Awesome. I'll provide the poo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you have... I I mean, would you like to plug everything as well as anything else one final time? Uh, Yeah. I think we have a stockpot images and... Uh, with Asian Americans for Cannabis Education, I'm pretty good because I also um, have other jobs that supply me with my daily um, ambitions of curating a lot of stuff in my house. So I also am the Executive Career Director for Aura Ventures, which is a holistic company in cannabis, which I joined is probably a majority in our, of our group, it's 27, is women. And it's owned by a woman. And so our clients are cannabis and native nations. So what I do there is help with the marketing. So I joined them because I need to put food on the table too. Wow. So Stockpot Images is stockpotimages.com? Yes, ma'am. And on Instagram, it's at Stockpot? Stockpot Images. I got all the names. No one, because no, no one figured, because when I first trademarked it, um, Campbell's Soup already has Stockpot. Right, obviously. So I had to put stockpot images in there and also put the two words stockpot together to get it through. But uh, I lucked out on a name because people said, well, why don't you call it a weed porn or this? And I thought, no, no, no. And then I finally came up, ah, stockpot. It's a play on the words. Yeah. But most people get confused and they keep calling it pot stock. So I said, no, no, it's stockpot. So, <laughs> so stockpotimages.com, at stockpotimages on Instagram. And then I'm just at Facebook Ophelia Chong because I put my memes public so people can see it that way. Yeah, got, everyone should really go and have a look at those. They're so funny. Like there's endless scrolling and laughing oh, to be Oh, Trapper done. John's one of my favorites too. The yeah. oil man. Uh-huh. <laughs> All he wants to do is just move the oil. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So fun. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. This has been such a pleasure. And I really can't wait to come over this summer and, you know, like. Yeah, mess around in the poo. Yep. Mushrooms. Mm-hmm. mushrooms. We can wear our little fairy hats and everything. Very excited. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.